0: already, that the mall, the music in the mall is all about Christmas now. In fact, most of the radio stations are all about Christmas now. But I'm just not ready to give up on Thanksgiving quite yet. You know, we haven't really had a chance to talk about Thanksgiving yet as a congregation, and I wanted to spend today focusing on Thanksgiving. You know, the very first Thanksgiving celebration in America that we know of was held in 1621. The pilgrims had arrived about a year earlier in 1620. They had endured through an incredibly difficult winter. Many of those original colonists died through that winter, but the spring came, the ground thawed, the fields went in, the crops grew, they were able to build better shelter, and by that that fall, the the then current governor of the colony, Governor Bradford, called for a day of thanksgiving and praise, and so they gathered together for a a large feast to give thanks to God. And that was a tradition that really kind of kept up, for the most part, a little on and off, but for the most part, all the way from there until 1863. Uh, it, it became, first it was just kind of a little regional celebration. It grew a little larger and then it was kind of spread out across the country as each of the emerging states arrived. But in 1863, um, for the first time, the President of the United States, Abraham Lincoln, called for a national day of thanksgiving and praise to the benevolent Creator. And that was a tradition that. U.S. presidents kept up on an annual basis all the way to 1943, where because of the need to regulate when Thanksgiving happened so they could get the Christmas shopping season going, believe it or not, they, there was a, a, a permanent day of Thanksgiving established in 1943. And, um, and it goes on to this day. We gather together on the fourth Thursday of November, to rest up for those early morning shopping sprees on Friday, right? No, we gather together to be thankful. You know, but I, I want to look at this issue of being thankful from just a little different perspective. I mean, we can, we can ask the question, what are we thankful for? And that's an important question to ask. And it is important for us to know how we would answer that question. But I want to ask just a little different question this morning, and this is not a rhetorical question. I'd, I'd love for some of you to respond. More than just knowing what we're thankful for, why is it important that we be thankful? Is it actually important for us to be thankful? So why is it important for us to be thankful?? Okay. It gives us some perspective because other people are worse off. We, we had the word of contentment over here. OK? What? For our health, OK? OK? It gives us a chance to reflect on our relationship with God, that dependent relationship. Was there another one coming back here? He stole yours. All right. We'll give you half credit, OK, Keith, right there. It's a, it's a sense of, it's a way we express praise, give glory to God. Yeah, Jackie? An act of obedience. Absolutely. Yeah, Ginny? Yeah, I think we see more about God when we rewind the tapes and we see what we're thankful for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's one of the things we certainly should be thankful for and are thankful for is our families. Well, let's take a look at, at a, at a passage of Scripture from the Gospel of Luke. If you have your Bibles, turn to Luke chapter 17 with me. If you using one of our pew Bibles, this text is on page 888. This is a pastor of Scripture that's been kind of seared into my spiritual mind and heart for a long, long time. When I first came to pastor a church in Massachusetts back in 1987, coming back home from finishing seminary, um, I was the new guy in town, which meant I got to preach the town-wide Thanksgiving service sermon. And God drew me to this text way back in 1987. The And... I and I. and and every Thanksgiving, this text comes back to my heart and mind. And but but I want to. I'm looking at it this morning from a, from a new lens. I figured, you know, I'm just going to preach out of this text. I had a great sermon from it, and then God just made me rework the whole thing. So I didn't get that much of a week off when I was trying to take some vacation. But it's it's good stuff. Uh, follow with me verses 11 through 19 of this this Scripture, description. I'll explain some elements to it after we've done reading it, and then I'll try to lead us into some of the reasons why that we can see from this text about why it's important for us to be thankful. The scripture says, beginning with the 11th verse, while traveling to Jerusalem, he passed between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, 10 men with serious skin diseases met him. Many of your things would just say, who 10 men with leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they raised their voices saying, Jesus, master, have mercy on us. It's as loud as I can get today. And when he saw them, he told them, go and and show yourselves to the priest. And while they were going, they were healed. But one of them, seeing that he was healed, returned. And with a loud voice gave glory to God. He he fell face down at his feet, thanking him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus said, we're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Didn't any return to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he told him, get up and and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Let me read just a couple more verses. Being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God will come, he answered them, The kingdom of God is not coming with something observable. No one will say, Look here or look there. For you see, the kingdom of God is among you. Now, Jesus was north of Jerusalem, and he was traveling towards Jerusalem. And in order to get there, you know, between Jerusalem and Galilee was an area called Samarita, Samaria. Most Jews would never travel through there because they were considered to be a, a, a half-breed, if you will. They were not full Jews, and, and they, was, they were considered to be heretics because they worshipped at a different temple and all those kinds of things. And so he was making his way along the border between Samaria and Galilee, seeking to get out to the Jordan River to, to head south down to Jerusalem. And he came upon a village, and there were ten men there who had leprosy. Now, we, we don't really struggle much with leprosy anymore because of the treatments and the, the drugs that are available, but leprosy was a horrible disease in the days of, of um, Jesus you know, in, in, its, in its simplest form, it just created constant skin rashes. And there's actually m- many, many passages in the book of Leviticus and others that describe what really was a disease and what, what made you clean and what didn't make it, made you unclean and those kinds of things. But in its worst forms, leprosy could develop so much that it would actually have growths right in your joint and it would cause fingers to fall off and toes to fall off and places where it would grow like in, in the joint of your ankle and make your foot fall off. Off, or you're growing your knee and part of your leg would fall off and it was nasty stuff. But because of the regulations of Scripture and how the, the way they understood this disease to be so communicable where it could be passed on to others that if you were deemed to have a skin disease that qualified as leprosy, you were required no longer to live among people in the villages. You had to make your camp outside the camp. And so with that, you basically became ostracized from all society. You no, got to, no longer got to live with your family. You couldn't be with your children. You had to keep a great distance from people. And when people came near you, you had to yell out, unclean, unclean. You know, so they wouldn't get too close to you. And literally, you lost your life because you could no longer be a part of the community. You couldn't be a part of your, your family anymore. So we see in this passage of Scripture, is these ten guys who are calling to Jesus from a distance. They're following the law. They're, they're staying away. And they're crying out, you know, Jesus, have mercy on us. And notice that He doesn't tell them, okay, you're healed. And they're healed, and then they go. And in order, the, the means of being reinstated to the community was to be detent, to, to be evaluated by the priest and declared clean. So G, before they actually experienced the healing, Jesus said, "All right, go find a priest. You know, go find a priest." And so, on the promise of being healed, they head out to go find a priest who can evaluate them and say, "Yes, indeed, you are now clean. You can go home and see your families." And so, while while they're traveling to the priest. They're all exercising faith. They're all exercising hope, if you will. While they're traveling to the priesthood to be cleared clean, they're healed. Now, out of that ten, one of them turns around and goes back to give thanks to Jesus. The other nine, I mean, you know, we can be really hard on them. But, come on, I mean, what what would... What, what would your instinct be? Imagine you hadn't been home for three or four or five years because of this disease. It's been that long since you had hugged your kid or kissed your wife or sat down at the kitchen table and had a meal with them. And all of a sudden you're looking around and, you, and, and you're, your skin's clearing up and you feel clean. It's, man, if I get to the priest, I can get home. And there's just, there's just urgency to get home. Well, you really can't blame those guys. Many of us probably would have done the exact same thing, right? You know, I, I, I'll find Jesus tomorrow and tell him thank you. But right now, I want to go home and see my family. You know, I want to take advantage of this gift of being healed by reconnecting with my family. And so they make their way home, or we presume they made their way home. But this one comes back, and he's, and he's just crying out at the top of his voice, his praises to Jesus. And, and just like an individual would prostrate themselves in front of a, of the, of the, of a king, expressing their humility and their utter dependence on the king he lies down in the front in place of jesus giving thanks to him he says he's communicating i am totally in debt to you i am completely humble before you i'm completely dependent before you as he's lying out in his face and before jesus and we see in this text that jesus says well what happened if i remember correctly and i do math pretty well there were 10 of those guys that left here only one 10 only 10 percent came back to say thanks And not only that, the one who came back, he's the foreigner. He's the outsider. He's the person who's not really supposed to be connected to God or to the people of God in the first place. And then Jesus says to him, rise, go on your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, this is just a great text. Uh, It's just full of things for us to really contemplate as to whether or not we really are like the Samaritan or whether we're like the nine. But I want to give you just several reasons from this text that I see that about why it's important for us spiritually, for our own emotional and spiritual and relational health, why it's important for us to be thankful, not just to know what we're thankful for, but to actually be thankful. And, and the first point I would draw from Jesus' reaction to the circumstances. You no, know, Jesus really is dismayed. He, he really is in some ways incredulous that only one out of ten came back. Now, I mean, he cared about these guys. He cared about all creation. He, he cared about all the members of the, of the, of the people of God. And, and he was excited like they were for them to reconnect with their families. He was, etc. But he was amazed and incredulous. Maybe even the word disappointed for them that they didn't come back to express thanks. And, and one of the reasons that, that I think is I look at that ex- reaction of Jesus you know, that, that only this foreigner, this one who, because he was even further removed from the promises of God, he was further removed from being identified with the goodness of God, it was only in him that this reaction of thankfulness was strong enough to draw him back into the presence of God. And, and there is, in this, I don't know how clear of a point this is, but there is just a rightness to being thankful. You know, how many of us have been parents, our parents you know, and we are in the midst of raising or have already raised our children. And one of the things we did over and over again, when you'd hand them a cookie or you'd serve them, you know, something else, or you'd help them tie their shoes or whatever, you were constantly saying to them, what do you say? Right? Remember, you know, you're holding out a cookie and you say, what do you say? And they're not saying nothing. And you're taking the cookie further and further away. You know, you're bribing them to say what? Say, thank you. Why do we do that? Because there's just, it's just right. To say thank you. Now, certainly, there's some politeness and all those kinds of things, and we want our children to grow up with with good manners and all that kind of stuff. But spiritually, it's much more than that. You know, I mean, there's many places you could look in the scriptures, but let me just use the maybe a simplest passage you can find out of First Thessalonians chapter five, verse eighteen where we are instructed, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. You know, it is just right in the eyes of God to be thankful to Him. You know, it just is. You know, and, and when, we do, when we are thankful, it, it does a couple of things. One, it makes us obedient. That's always a good thing in the eyes of God. You know, Jesus said, If you love me, you'll obey my commands. When you and I are, are being thankful to God, truly thankful from the inside out, we're being obedient. And, and we're expressing our love for God. And that's always a right thing to do. But it also brings us into alignment for God's will for our lives. And that's always a good thing. You know, God said, in everything, give thanks. For this is my will for you in Christ Jesus. When you and I are thankful, we are aligning our lives with God's plan for our lives. Whenever you're wondering what you should be doing with your life, what decision you should make or whatever, just go back to this passage and say, I know there's one thing I'm supposed to be doing, being thankful. No, so it's incredibly important for our own our own well being, if you will, for us to be thankful because it's right. It brings us into alignment with God and expresses our love for God. It's an act of obedience. You know, I read an article this week in the Telegram and Gazette that said it was talked about the importance or the impact of being thankful and that people who are thankful actually have more positive dispositions. And they enjoy life more. And the list just kind of went on and on and on. You can see the rightness and the fruit that comes from it, from being thankful. They could even prove that in psychology. Well, it's a couple thousand years ago. God put it in a book, you know. And he said, if you really want to be well, be thankful to me. So there's a rightness about being thankful. But there's, there's another aspect to this. And and, and I've kind of gathered these thoughts under this thing. It's more important for us to be thankful to the giver than it is to be thankful for the gift. Let this sink in for a minute. It's more important for us to be thankful to the giver than it is to be thankful for the gift. I mean, think of these nine guys. Jesus has given them a gift. They were dead to their families and they've been resurrected. They could reconnect with their families. And they're going to do, and and the first thing that they're going to do is seize the opportunity of enjoying the gift. There's one guy out of 10 who turns around and goes back to the giver of the gift and express, and he's more thankful for Jesus than he is for the gift that he's got. And, and, when, and, it, and the reason why it's important for us to be thankful to God is, is it's important for us to be not, we should be certainly thankful for the gifts that God gives us, but it's much more important to be thankful for the giver of the gifts. Yeah, is, that, is that idea coming across? I mean, here are these guys saying, well, Jesus healed us. Man, look at the opportunities. We need to, and they're off to see their families. Good thing, but a better thing is to be great for the giver. We're in a season where, I mean, we're, where we focus on giving gifts, don't we? I mean, some people take it to such an extreme thing. Where, I don't know if you probably read it and saw the news that some woman was pepper spraying people <laughs> in a store so she could get through the crowd to get the merchandise she wanted. It is a Christmas spirit at work, isn't it? You know, Get out of my way! (laughs) (laughs) But you know, we're we're trying to give the perfect gift that maybe we can't afford to give any other way. (laughs) Got an idea, you know? And and, you know, and and yes, I'm the one who gets up early and goes out and all that kind of good stuff. I I I, I confess, you know. But you know, you're you're going to give gifts to people that are important to you this Christmas, and a number of you are going to be giving gifts to your children. And the reason you're doing that is that you want to communicate to your children that you love them and you want to bless them somehow. But let me ask you this question. As a parent giving a gift to your child, do you want them to be more thankful for your for the gift that you're giving them or for you and your place in their lives and the love that you have for them? I mean, if, when our kids are little, we're giving them gifts, and the only thing we really want from them is to be grateful for the gifts. Then when they finally get out of college and they get a job and they get on their own feet and they don't need anything from you anymore, well, they don't need you anymore because they're grateful for what you gave them, but they're, some of us are wishing that that would be true, right? They just grow up and, you know, but... That's not true. I love it when my boys come home and those kinds of things. But, but, but you, you understand, you, you want them to be grateful for the relationship they have with you, for the feelings, for the love that you have for them. It's no different spiritually. God loves giving us good gifts. And it just breaks his heart as we see in the life of Jesus here, in this reaction to this experience. When we get so preoccupied with the gifts that we have no time for the giver of the gifts. There's just so many people who get so preoccupied with the good stuff that God's poured into their lives. All good things come from God, the Scripture tells us. You know, they got their family and their careers and their opportunities and all their possessions, all these wonderful things. And they get so preoccupied with their gift, with the gifts, they have no time for the giver. Even in Christian circles, I've heard many people from time to time, whether specifically or roundabout, says, you know, well, Sunday is the only day we have for family. So we can't be in church very often. We get preoccupied with the gifts and not with the giver. It's a huge problem for us. You see, over and over and over again, the Scripture seeks to teach us that relationships are more important than resources. That people are more important than possessions and that our relationship with the giver of the gifts is far more important than the gifts themselves in our lives. So the reason it's important for us to be thankful to God is because it's much more important to be thankful for the giver of the gifts than to the gifts themselves than for the gifts themselves. One last point. I read for us the, the couple of verses that followed this experience with the ten lepers. You know, he's approached by a group of Pharisees. And and, and they're, they're, whether they thought Jesus was the one who was going to bring the kingdom or whether he knew some things about the kingdom of God that they didn't know, they said, well, w- when's the kingdom of God going to come? And what did Jesus say to them? The kingdom of God is already in your midst. You know, when you, the reason why it's important for you and I to be thankful to God is because it shows us that the kingdom of God is already among us, that God is with us. When we replay the tapes of all the things that God's poured into our lives, our families, our ability to make a living, our health as it comes and goes, and on and on and on, we, we just, it just shows us that God is Doing what he said that he would do. He's being with us and he's blessing us and he's caring for us and he's providing for us. You know, here's this one Samaritan and he comes back to Jesus. And what does Jesus say? He says, get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. You know, through this interaction with Jesus, we see that he gets all this affirmation about the fact that God is with him. You know, he his faith is acceptable to God because it's his faith that's made him well well. What a great word, isn't it? Isn't it great for us to know that our faith is acceptable to God and that it makes us well, that we're right with God? Not only that, he gets fresh direction from God. Jesus says, get up and go on your way. When you and I are thankful to God and we recognize that God is with us, we get fresh direction, fresh purpose, fresh expressions of God's will to us as we go forward. You see, when we have this attitude of gratitude towards God, we get to see the fact that God is with us. You know, it's, it's, it's not, it's, it's really, <laughs> you know, it, when you and I pause to give thanks to God and we start numbering all the things that we're thankful for that God's given us, we, it's like we get to enjoy the gifts all over again. You know, we enjoy them when we got them and while we've been using them, but when we get to stop and recall all that God's done, we, we get to enjoy them all over again but we also get to embrace him with the fact that, you know, God, you've been at work. You've been with me. And I I, I can't imagine anybody who wants to live life doubting whether or not God is with them or not. See, you know, it really, Thanksgiving is, you know, it's, it's one that we get so preoccupied with all the concerns in our lives, all the things we got to do, all the things we need to do in the name of God. You know, all the problems we got to solve, all the challenges we got to meet. We get all that stuff. We get so preoccupied that we, we stop sometimes really remembering. That on a regular basis, on a daily basis, we need to slow down, come back. To the feet of the master. Get down on our bellies in his presence and say thank you. Because it not only honors him, but it blesses us. So honor him and bless yourself by being a thankful person. Let's pray together. God, let me start by just giving you simple thanks for letting my voice make it through sermon one. One down, two to go. God, these are, these are great words. There are a lot of, it's, it's really easy for us sometimes, whether we say it out loud or in our hearts, just say amen. That's right. I agree. It's a different thing for us to go out and live out the truth we go from this place today, Father. Help us truly to be thankful people. Thankful that you sent your son in the world to be a sacrifice for us. Thankful, Father, that by our faith in him, our sins can be wiped out. The barrier between us and you can be removed and that we can live with you in this life and in the life to come. God, we give you thanks that you are eager and capable of making us well by our faith. For this we pray in the name of Christ. Amen. I want to invite Matt to come back along with those. Who